Well, greetings, everybody. Hello. Bless the Lord that everybody made it here. I'm so glad to see my oldest daughter here and my grandson, and little Kim and Jaden and whoever may attend. I'm so glad that you guys have came, you know, enjoy the Christmas season with us. Um, this year, I'm going to start off by saying this year has been one rough year. But, you know, we're all here. We all have our two feet on the ground, and and we're still moving. Blood is still running warm in our veins, and, and God is still in control. With that, um, I just received a phone call just about 30 minutes ago. One of my friends just passed another one. Oh my goodness. Yeah, his name was Lonnie Surratt. Really? Yeah. And Sister Tess, she hadn't called me yet, but I know she's she's going through a lot now. You know, that's her husband. And me and Lonnie, we've been around for a long time. We played together in the, in the group. Spiritual Voices. Spiritual Voices, sure did. And he was one humble man. He was so humble. But he knew where, where his heart laid and who he served. So I'm not worried about that. He's in a better place than what he was. He suffered a lot. And, and uh, because of the cancer that he had, he suffered a lot. But God gave him a time to spend with his family. But I guess this is the time that God says it's time for you to come home. And I'm so glad. So glad. And I heard from, and who called me was a shocker too, because that was Sister Margaret, Levi Jackson's wife. She what? called me up. Mm-hmm. She called me up and told me, and I hadn't heard from Margaret in about maybe two years. But she called me, just told me. So I'm going to try to get her all the information she needs so she can send flowers and cards and everything else. So I will probably be busy tomorrow doing all these things. And as far as my friend Marcus goes, I'm keeping in touch with the family there, see what they need, and not only just a duty as a pastor, but as a friend as well. And because those two, they hit home. They they uh, they really hit me, especially Marcus, because. I just seen Marcus last month, and he was singing with us over there in the studio. So that was a that was a complete shocker. But anyway, we all need to realize something: that when it's our time to go, ain't nothing or no one is gonna stop it. Nothing or no one is gonna stop it, except for God Himself. And I was thinking about, you know, the family coming back together and we have church because all the churches have been closed and they don't want to open up any churches because of the fear of the virus. And just to let you know, God did not give his people a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. And that's something that I know that, you know, I don't have, 
I'm sorry, I don't have the fear of a virus or anything like that because I know God has kept me this long to see 69 years and going to see some more. And I know he has protected us because when the first time this virus came out, Lord showed me something. He said, you remember the plagues of Egypt? I said, yeah. So I said, what do they do to protect themselves? He said, they put the blood over the doorposts so the angel of death can just pass by them. And so I remember I was praying. I said, Lord, my house is covered by the blood of Jesus. So there would be no virus that come near this house or in this house. And there's not one virus that step on my land nor at my house. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So we are all covered by the blood of Jesus. And we will continue to be covered by his blood. And that's that's on a condition as long as we keep him as our Lord and Savior and as long as we remember him as what he is, who he is, and who he is to us. He's our God. He's our Savior. And for those that don't know, you cannot get anywhere in this world unless you have the Lord Jesus in your life. Because if you do, and if you think you're doing it, then you are in error. The average man wake up and he say, well, I'm in control of this. I'm in control of that. You are not in control of anything because God gave you the breath of life and he can take that same breath away from you. So you need to surrender your pride, surrender yourself and give it back to God because he's the one who made you. Okay. A lot of people, oh, I came from my mother's womb. Well, who made your mother? I came from my father. Well, who made your father? Well, it's my father, father. Who made them? It's my father, father, father. Who made them? It's like the chicken and the egg. You heard that story, the chicken and the egg. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it wasn't the egg. It had to be something to lay the egg. And it's just like who made us. It can't be ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. God made us. And even in the Bible, I asked God one day, standing outside, I said, Lord, how were you made? He said, I made myself. That's something you can't even fathom in your brain and say, how can you make yourself? Well, the wisdom of God is not like the wisdom of man, because this knowledge is so fast and we still we haven't even tapped nothing of it. Because he said that eyes has not seen and ear have not heard. Of all the things that God has in store for us in the kingdom. But that's how infinite he is. He's so infinite that, you know, you can't fathom on what his degrees are because it's so vast. You have you don't have an inkling of it. And only thing we can do is just give thanks and praise and honor to him. Say, okay, thank you, God, because you brought us this far. You gave us the ability to think, to see, to hear, to smell, all the senses that we need, all the things that we need to take care of ourselves. You gave that to us. But sometimes we take those things and just throw it back and say, well, I don't need it right now. Yes, you do. You need every last bit of it. Okay? So... As I was praying two weeks ago and I said, Lord, I would love to give a message, but what would that message be? And I don't want to just come from me going to the 
computer, writing it down and tapping it and doing all this other stuff. So he said, I'm going to give you a word. I said, okay, what is it? And I was in the bed. I was sleeping one night. And I was thinking about it. And I said, well, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. And that's what I like to do. I like to get up, sit down, and just wait on the Lord. Let him talk to me. Get in a quiet place sometimes. Just let God talk to you. And he will talk to you. Okay? And I was sitting up there talking. I said, what, 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 what are you going to put? I said, Lord, what kind of word you got for me? So I said, don't. He said, I got a word for you. I said, okay, okay. So when I was there and I was waiting on the Lord, you know, he came to me. And he said that it is time for you to pick up your cross and follow after him. I said, follow after him. I said, I thought I'd been doing that. You have been. But now you got to go deeper. Okay? Now you got to go deeper. And I said, okay, well, Lord, show me the way. Teach me. Show me the way. Guide me. Let me know what I need to do. What, Whatever that has to be said or whatever has to be done, let me know. I'll be like Isaiah. Lord, send me. I'll go. Send me. I'll go. So now... We're going to talk about following, following. It's not about you being followed. It's about you following him. It's you following him. We've came a long ways, a long ways. But when God said to pick up your cross and follow after him, that's a task in itself. And we have to learn how to pick up our cross. What is a cross? A cross is a deadly thing. When Jesus hung on the cross, he had his hand stretched wide. They put nails in his hand and nails in his feet. He couldn't slump. He couldn't stand up. He couldn't do anything because the nails in the back of the cross, they had spikes that were sticking out. And every time he tried to relax, the spikes would go up into his skin. The nails, he was crossed over and the nails were put in his feet. So every time the, the, he's trying to do this, the spikes would hit him in there. And then the weight on his feet, it was excruciating pain. Plus the nails in his hands as well, you know, and you hang in there with just nail and skin and bones. And that's it. And the two thieves that was on the side of him, one on the left and one on the right, the one told him, said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord looked over and said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today, not tomorrow, not next year, not next month, but today. That means that Jesus knew he was on his last hour and he knew that he was dying. But he said, man cannot take my life. I lay down my life freely and I can take it up again. That means he can live it again. See, they thought they had killed him, but they were sadly mistaken. When Christ hung on the cross, just because they stuck him in the side with a long spear and blood and water came out, that still did not kill him. When they put the nails in his hands and nails in his feet, that still did not kill him. 
What happened with Christ? He said, I lay down my life. And I am able to pick it up again. When he hung this last, when he hung there and said, Father, it is finished. That means all the work that he did on this land was finished. He did what the father had sent him to do. To redeem those that were lost and those that need to be found, he redeemed them back. When you and I had so much sin into our body and sin into our mind and sin into our heart, Jesus said, I'm going to die for that sin that you had, that sin that you committed, that sin that you think about committing. I'm going to take that all on the cross with me. So when that happens and you said, oh, I know I did wrong. Father, forgive me. And Jesus said, I have it all. That's why he looked down at those that was down by his feet and they was casting locks or shooting dice or rolling the dice because they want to take his clothes. They knew the power of Christ, but they want to take his robe. And he had some fine linens, but they rolling dice and rolling dice and everything else trying to see who's going to take his clothing. Take his clothing of all things. Take his clothing. And Jesus looked down and looked at him. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're children. Just like our children here, they don't know what they're doing. They just know how to go out and play, go out and have fun, go out and say different things. Like my grandson, oh, I fought it, I pooted, I did it. He just loved to just say things because he don't know what he's saying. But that's how Christ was looking at them. He said, they don't know what they are doing. And they didn't. And some of us don't know what we're doing anyway. We're professing that we do, but we don't because we don't know. But that's why he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he sit there and he said, looked up in the heaven, said, Father, it is finished. He bowed his head and then he died. No spear, no whip, no thongs, no nails took his life. He laid his life down. And when he laid it down, all the sin of the entire world was taken with him. And the story didn't end there. When he went down to hell. See, before Jesus came into the world, there was people who was in the world. Some died good, some died bad, some died horrible, and some just died. But those that went down to hell did not know anything about salvation. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go down there because death had the keys of life and death in his hand. Death had the key was going about bragging to my, I can take anybody life if I want to. I can take that person, that person, that person, because I hold a string. And when I cut that string, that's it. They're going to they're come with me. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Since I have the power to lay down my life, I'm going to go down now and I'm going to bring all those that I preach to back with me. 
And when I do come back, that thief that was on the car cross with me, I'm going to stop by and grab him too and take him on to heaven with me. Because I told him this day you would be in paradise with me. And so when he went down to hell, there were so many of them down there that said that we don't know who you are. Get out of here. We don't care who you are. But there were some down there saying, I want what you have. I see light. I see day. I see magnificence all over you. I see glory that is surrounding you. Whatever you have, I want to have it too. Is there life in that? And Jesus said, yes. Only thing you have to do is believe in me. And there was so many that came to him and said, Father, we believe in you. And there were some just saying, get out of here. We don't want no part of you. We don't want no part of you at all. Get on out of here. You ain't nothing but a fake anyway. Get on out of here. Oh, wow. So they were all they told Jesus to go, but that's all right. Jesus said, I'm going to go. But the ones I came to get, they're going to come with me. And a lot of them got up and they came with Jesus. They went with him to heaven. They went with him to heaven. They're all right now in paradise. Like my two friends that just left, they are now in paradise because Jesus stopped by and picked them up. One day, one day, we're all going to have to answer that call. One day. Look at me. 69. Next year, will be 70 years old. God said, I give you three score and ten. That means one, two, three. That's ten years. A score is ten years. I give you three score and ten. That's 60 years plus ten more. That's 70. I'm going on my tenth year. 70. And then he said, I give you ten more with strength, though. So that's 80. And I looked at my mom and my dad, who's still here walking on top of the land. One is 88 and the other is 86. And I said, God gave them strength because they're still walking on top, of the, on top of the dirt. And there's a lot of them that not walking on top of the dirt. Would you go and close that door, please? Thank you. But that's all right. He always has something for us. Jesus always has something for us. We just have to keep believing and following after him. And the Marines, they said, you lead, follow, or get the hell out the way. That's what the Marines said. In the Air Force, they say, up, up, and away. Sound like Superman. Up, up, and away. You know, and the Navy, they have their saying, <laughs> I, I believe they say, ship ahoy. Anchors away. Anchors away. Anchors that's away. it. Anchors away. That's it. An you know what that means? Anybody know what that means? Besides you, anybody know what that means? Anchors away. You don't know what that means? You know, when you put a ship on, on and dock it, what is the first thing they do? They drop that anchor. Okay. See, the anchor takes that ship and stop it, and it doesn't go anywhere because the anchor anchors to the bottom of the ocean. And it doesn't move. So when it's time for that ship to move, they say anchors away. That means 
Let the anchor go. Bring it aboard so we can start moving. Okay? So that's how they're doing. They say, anchors away. It's time for us to move. Marines, follow, get the hell out of the way. It's time for us to move. Air Force, up and, and away. Get out the way. It's time for us to move. We have to be like these guys. We have to be like those guys, too. We got to say anchors away, lead or follow, or get out of the way. But we have to do something. We have to follow Jesus now, more so than anything in your life. Times are slowly, slowly, slowly winding down. It's winding down. When I was growing up, we had, we, it was going around. Oh, we had all kind of fun. It, it, was, it was just jam, jam, jam. Friday night, Saturday night, it was jam. Now, there's a, there's a virus out there. No more Friday. No more Saturday. That's nothing. It's all put to a stop. Time is winding down. In, in, in prophecy, in prophecy, he said, you'll know the time. You will know the time of the end. You just have to see it and believe it. When, when we get so caught up into ourselves, we forget about those things. Because we start missing the picture. We start, we start missing the boat. We start missing everything. And then, we, and then when that thing happened to you, you're going to say, hey, what happened? I was doing it. I was doing that. What happened? Well, you missed it because your attention was somewhere else. We have to stay focused. We have to stay focused on the things that God put into our face. Because if we don't do it, we're going to be missing the boat. Remember the movies, y'all? I don't know if you guys ever seen it. Left Behind? Yes. A lot of that stuff. Well, a lot of it ain't true. But, but a lot of it did have some sense about it, you know. A lot of people doing anything, they got that doing all this kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden, whoop. Hey, where did Bob go? He was just here. I don't know. Whoop. Hey, where'd Mary go? She was just here. Whoop. Hey, Steve was going to whoop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isaiah was just here. He's gone. Whoop. Wait a minute. Oh, there's Jaden still in the corner. Okay. But all of everybody's gone. And you're saying, where did everybody go? Where did everybody go? They're gone. They are gone. And you left here. You are left here. Why? Because your lack of faith. You said you ain't got time for Jesus. You ain't got time for the word. That's for old people. Old people need to know about the Bible. Old people need to do this. Old people need to have this. I'm young. I don't need no Bible. I don't need all that. I got to go and boogie. I got to go and party. I got to do my thing. I don't need all that. I like what Richard Pryor said one time. He said, you don't get to be old being no fool. There's a lot of young, dumb ones that are dead and gone. Because they missed the boat. When you are. When you are thinking that you made it. 
and you have no worries, I want you to be aware of something. Because sometimes that's when all hell will break loose. You got to keep your focus. You got to know who you are following. You got to follow him because he has been here. He has led the way all the way, all the way. He has guided you. He has guided us all. He has given us a roadmap. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Some people say basic instructions before leaving earth. Well, guess what? I think it's very true. Because if you don't have your basic instructions, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be left there in, in the chef kitchen. Trying to fix a dinner that has all kind of spoiled stuff. You can't do that. You got to keep your focus on here. And let me say some 2021... Let's all pray that that be a glorious year because 2020 was hell. This has been a devastating time for everybody. People lost their jobs. They lost their friends. They lost their father, their mother, their sister, their brother. You know, and it's and it's not even over. It's the 27th of December. It's not even over yet. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next three to four days before the first of January. We don't know. But we have to stay ready. We have to understand that it is God who's still in control. Let me tell you a story. Everybody probably heard it. It's called the Exodus. See, the children of Israel, they were called Hebrews back then. And they went to Egypt and they stayed in Egypt for 430 years. They was in bondage for 430 years. They were being whipped. They were being kicked, being maimed, being hit. Being spit upon, being thrown into the pit to make straws with, I mean, make uh, 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 bricks without straws. They were on a cruel taskmaster, on a, a cruel pharaoh. Very cruel. And, and, and when it was, they, 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 they were there, they start pleading. All these years they were pleading, Lord, send us a savior. Send us a deliverer. Deliver us from all this bondage. Deliver us from this evil. This is what we should be saying. Lord, send us a deliverer from all the sin that we are in so we can have freedom to worship you in spirit and truth. But they were there 430 years being beat, being kicked, being spit upon, building all of Pharaoh's monuments, building his kingdom up until one day out of the same house of Pharaoh came their own deliverer. Out of the house of Pharaoh came their own deliverer. See, God can take something that was so bad, he'll take something good out of it. 
Moses was put inside that house for a reason, for that same reason, for that time for him to step up and be a savior, a chosen savior for Christ. When he was a baby, he was tossed into the Nile with all the crocodiles, the bad snakes and everything else. But God put a hedge of protection around him and he floated that basket down to Pharaoh's castle. And he was found. And so Pharaoh's mother lifted him out of the water. Took him upon himself, herself. Raised him up as her own with his Pharaoh brother. But that's how God planted that. Let's go back even further. Take Joseph. Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. But the other brothers, they were so jealous of him because they found that Joseph was the favorite of Jacob and Jacob gave him and sold him a cloak of many colors looked like rainbow it was beautiful and he put it on Joseph said now this is for you but his brothers got jealous said no you should not be the favorite and since you think that you're the favorite you get more preface than what we do <coughs> excuse me. what we gonna do we gonna get rid of you so our father can find favor in us so what had happened one day, they took Joseph with them. Then all of a sudden, they say, well, the brothers connived together. Say, what should we do with him? They say, should we kill him? No, the brother Simeon said, no, let's not do that. Because if we do, that'll be bad. Let's not do that. So they said, what shall we do? Now, they were walking down the Rosada's pit. They say, why don't we just throw him in the pit? And what we'll do, we'll take some chicken blood or some goat blood and cut it up and put it on his coat and go back and tell our father that he was eaten by wolves. So they devised this plan and what they did, they took the coat and put all kind of blood on him, threw Joseph down in the pit and say, okay, yeah, that's going to be your demise. You're going to stay there and starve to death and die. But as they was doing that and as they were making all these preparations, they saw a caravan a long ways off coming down the road. And they said, wait a minute, why should we do this? Why don't we get something out of this? Why don't we sell a sucker? Let's go ahead and sell him. Let's make some money off of this. Let's go ahead and sell him. We ain't got to put him in no pit. Because after a while, somebody's going to find his bones and then they're going to know. No, let's go ahead and sell him. We, we got to recoup our loss here. And then we take the coat back and tell our father, yeah, he was eaten by wolves, but yet still, we won't be telling the lie. Because we really don't know what had happened to him. Liar. So what they did when the caravan came up, they took him and said, hey, look, we got a young lad here. Would you like to buy him? They said, yeah, we'd like to buy him. So they sold him. Put Joseph on a caravan bound for Egypt. 
Then they took the cloak back to their father and said, Oh, father, oh, have mercy on the father. Oh, brother was eaten by wolves. They came out as a pack and they had him and all that we got left is just this cloak. Look at the blood all over. And Jacob wept like nobody else because he loved Joseph. But he was hardened. And for years he was hardened. That means that he heard it. And at the meantime, here is Joseph in his caravan going to Egypt. And as he went to Egypt, when he got to Egypt, they threw him in a prison. Because they said, oh, he's just a little young lad. Let's just throw him in the prison. Didn't let him rot away there. We didn't got him. We, we don't need him anyway. But see, like I said, what you do that is wrong, what you meant for evil, God make that for good. And when Joseph was there in that prison, he found favor with all the guards. He found favor with the jailer. He taught him how to do a lot of things, how to control the jail cell, how to ration the food to all the inmates in there, how to do this, how to do that. God put favor on Joseph. And then after that, it was one night they had a dream. Joseph had a dream. It was about a butler and about a cook. And the cook, who was very conniving, wanted to poison Pharaoh. And the butler, who was very humble, was saying, no, no, I don't want to do nothing like that. So the cook was trying to poison Satan, I mean Pharaoh. And what had happened, they found out about it. And so the jailer who was there, they told Joseph, said, yeah, uh, Pharaoh getting ready to punish this guy, the butler, because he thinks the butler was trying to kill him. But the cook was off there saying, ha, 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 ha. It was the butler. You know how people like to put the blame on you when you know you were the one that did it? You were the guilty party, but to put the blame on the other person? Like I said, God found favor in Joseph. And then when, 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 when time had passed a little bit, Pharaoh had a dream. I mean, Joseph had a dream. And the jailer went back and said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I got a guy who's a dreamer. And he said he has something to tell you. So Pharaoh listened to Joseph. And Joseph told him what had happened. And sure enough, they found out that it was the cook. And so what had happened, they lift Joseph out of the prison. Say, I'm going to make you in charge because you have saved my life. Now I'm going to put you in charge. Make you a part of my kingdom. And Joseph did just that. In the time that Joseph was there in Egypt, Egypt blossomed. They were fairly, they were very wealthy. They flourished because God had prospered them because of Joseph. And as time went on, it was one time Joseph had another dream. That God told him there would be seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. 
And when he told Pharaoh, he said, the Lord showed me a dream, and I must tell you what that dream is. And then he told him, he said, you're going to have seven years of famine and seven years of, 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 of just nothing but prosperity. And so Pharaoh said, well, what shall we do? He told Joseph, he said, what shall we do? Joseph said, you build vats to put all your seeds into. Make vins so we can put all the food that we need to complicate, to compensate for those seven years of nothing but famine. And Pharaoh told Joseph, go and do it. You have the authority over this whole kingdom. Go do it. And Joseph went out and did that. Meanwhile, back on the front, the Hebrews were starting to suffer because during the years of famine, they couldn't find any food. Until somebody told him, say, hey, there's a lot of food in Egypt. Go to Egypt. So Jacob said, okay, yeah, we go to Egypt. And, and, and what I do, I send my sons there. And we buy some food and come back. And then they, they did just that. And when they was there, you know, they didn't know that Joseph was their brother because he was a different person now. They had him all made up, looked like an Egyptian and everything. And Joseph, when he first saw his brother, he cried his eyes out. Now, if somebody had did that to you, would you be angry? Would you be upset? Or would you say, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then after they found out that Joseph was their brother, they all cried. It was a happy reunion. And Joseph told them, said, I forgive you. I forgive you. So now, come, let's be a family. Live here. We have plenty. This is how the Hebrews or the Israelites live in Egypt for 430 years. They came to Egypt just because of the famine. But then as they grew in size and everything else, then Pharaoh and his henchmen said that these people are growing more uh, in size and they're more they're, they're growing too much for us. What we should do is he said, subject them, make them slaves. And he called the whole tribe of the Israelites to become slaves for 430 years. And then after that, when Joseph was 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 getting ready to pass on, he said, when you leave Egypt, take my bones with you. Don't leave my bones behind. And as the story goes, when they were released through all the intervention that God had given and, and through the performance that Moses and Aaron had did, when that time they left, Joseph's bones went with them. His bones was carried with them. The thing about this whole story is that Joseph always followed the Lord. He always followed God. He didn't bow down to the, the different gods they had there in, G, in uh, Egypt. He stayed faithful and true the whole time. Even though that we go through this pandemic, we still have to stay faithful and true through the whole time. Even though we have all kinds of upsets, even in family, we still have to stay faithful and true the whole time. We got a government that's sitting up there. They're ready to take this country and throw it apart. And people don't know because they missed the boat. 
They didn't see all the warning signs. They said, oh, no, that's just sad. You better start listening, start looking, start reading, start learning. You're missing everything. And you got those few who God's remnant, they're still praying, they're praying hard. Saying, Lord, help us. Help us to overcome all the stuff. Help us to keep who we are. To keep loving you. To keep reverencing you. To keep honoring you. To keep lifting you up. And to, most of all, keep following you. If we don't do this, then we're going to fail. If we don't consider ourselves part of God's kingdom, then we have already failed. We have to understand who we are. God has given us power. He said, I give you Deuteronomy's power. That means multitude. He give you that power to take up your life. People say, no, you blaspheme. No, 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 no. That's what Jesus said. He said, the, power, the works that I do, you do greater. If Jesus can call Lazarus from the dead and say, Lazarus, come forth, then you're going to be able to do that too. You should be able to do it now. But I ask you now, where's your faith? Where's your faith? See, the enemy, he's afraid of you. That's why he try to, he try to get you to do all kind of crazy stuff. Because he, he's afraid when you open your mouth, that's when he stops. Because he want to hear what you got to say. But as soon as you say something in the name of Jesus, whoa, he starts backing up. But if you start saying these other things out there, oh, he said, oh, I got you now. I got you. Come on, come on, come on. But you say, in the name of Jesus. He stops. He becomes afraid then. He says, oh, oh, they know. Yeah, we know. Because it's by the blood of Jesus, we know. Remember the old song, Who Can Wash Away My Sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He can wash them away. Make you clean or whiter than snow. This is the power that God has given you. This is the power of salvation. I ask you today, where do you want to spend all eternity? Okay, you're not going to spend it on earth here because this place here that we are in right, it's going to pass away. Me and my grandson, we was looking at the stars today. We got all on the phone watching all these planets, all this other stuff. That's fine. That's all well and good. I mean, we learned, I learned a lot because I got the app now. I keep on watching it. But you know something? All that stuff is going to go away. As Jesus said in, in Revelation, there will be a new heaven and a new earth because the old heaven has departed and the new earth ascended upon the old earth. That's why I was saying there's another planet out there. It's 10 times the size of earth, but it's not in this universe, but they found it and it's descending now towards earth. I said, oh, Wow. But in the days, God said, I will increase man's knowledge. So this is why we know so much. This is why we know about that planet, because the knowledge has now been increased. We know. And you're going to see a lot more stuff that's coming. And I pray that in 2021, 
you're going to see even more. All the prophecies, I want you to start looking, looking out for them because you're going to see it coming. They're being fulfilled. Even as I speak, they're being fulfilled. God is on his way back. Jesus is. He said, I know not the time. Only my father in heaven knows. He said, but I want you to watch. Keep praying and be ready. Watch. Keep praying and be ready. Okay. And for those who are not saved. Those who are not saved, that means you don't believe in Christ. Let me say, you better start believing now. Because if you don't, you be going down there. That's what my four-year-old son told me one day when he got saved. He said, I said, why you want to be saved? He said, Dad, I don't want to go down there. And then I said, okay, where you want to be baptized? I want to be baptized in the ocean. I said, wow, what a better place. Water was cold, too. But we went out and did it. Now he's saved. For those that don't know Jesus, this is the time to get right, to get to know who he is. Put your life, put your trust all into his hands. If you don't believe it, then you will see it. It is coming. And for those who despise you, keep praying for them. Those who call themselves like, don't like you, keep hating you, keep praying for them. Okay? God is in control. And he'll make it right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the time you've given us. Thank you for the Christmas we spent together, Lord, as a family. And I am so thankful, Father, to see all the children here. Near and afar. Lord, you blessed us once again. And I know you'll continue to bless us, Father. But as we come to the roads, Lord, where we must, we must, we must keep on traveling. Show us the right way, Lord. We know narrow is the way and wide is the destruction. But keep us on that narrow path. Help us to overcome all evil. Help us to render ourselves to you. Help us to stay, stay humble, Father, and loving. And Lord, we ask that you put favor upon our life, prosperity in our pockets, and keep on sharding our feet, Father, with grace. Help us to deliver ourselves, Father, where you want us to be. Because you've given us the strength to put one foot in front of the other. And you've given us the mind, Lord, to make decisions. And I pray that they are right decisions. Help us, O oh Lord, to guard our tongue. Keep it safe. Keep it hidden from all mischievous things. Open our ears so we can be quick to hear and slow to speak. And let our hands not run to evil, but let it run to blessings and giving. O oh Lord, we thank you for this time that you, you, you placed us in, Lord. And as far as this pandemic is going, Lord, we, we, we thank you for the, for the protection you've given us. And for those who are traveling right now, Lord, protect them as well. We thank you, Lord, for what you are have in store for us. But we pray, Lord, that we don't lose focus nor sight. Thank you for the word, Lord. Now, 
As only to the only wise God, Father, we surrender ourselves to you and give grace to an almighty God who have given grace to us. We thank you, Father, for the love you overshadowed us with and for the strength you put in our very own self. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Let us now run to you. Let us not have swift feet and be slow, Father, in getting away from people who are trying to hold us back. Let us not be slow in that. Let us run, Lord, like the wind. I thank you, Lord, so much. And I ask, O oh Lord, that you continue to bless my daughter, my, my, my children, and even my wife, Lord. Bless her too. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, guys.